right, welcome back everybody to the Hoop Dreams Magazine, Bridging the Gap podcast. Uh, today we got a special guest here, um, New Mission Titan alums, also with former New Mission head coach Corey McCarthy. Uh, I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves. Ty Lee, graduated in 2016. Charlie Mitchell, graduated in 2017. Samantha McDaniels, class of 2011. Darius Davis, class of 2011. Charles Mitchell, class of 2017. Corey McCarthy. <laughs> so Corey, um, just first and foremost with the feeling of being in this gym um, with five former players um, that you used to coach, how does it feel to know that you can continue to reach out to your former players and they respond um, to your comments? They definitely responded quick the past couple of days, today mainly too. Um, it's, it's great. Um, I talk to these guys all the time. I think, um, I think the world of these guys, um, it, our relationships got better after they graduated. Uh, it was a little bit tough, it was a struggle in the beginning. Uh, I'm not an easy person to deal with, so it's, it's, it's a, definitely a blessing to work with these guys and um, to see where they are. Um, um, it makes it easier for me to retire because I get to go watch games or I get to hang out with these other guys. So it's, it's definitely a good look. Uh, does it sound funny to hear that Corey's retired? Man, Corey ain't really retired, man. He'll be back in a couple of years. He'll be back. Everybody believe that? Yeah, it sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> he, just wants see, he just wants to see his son play high school for a little bit. He'll be back. Yeah, like, so especially like the way he was invested with us, like, he was really all in. So, like, to say he's retired right now is, is crazy. Do you believe that, Corey? That, I mean, by the look on your face, you look like you're, you're thinking about coming back, back already. <laughs> like, just by hearing if I, if I had this team, I was coming back. <laughs> if I had this starting five, I was coming back. I'll come back anywhere. Um, no, I'm not coming back. Um, I, I have a new mission in Boston Public Schools. Um, I think our school is taking on um, a different level. There's a higher purpose now in terms of what I'm trying to do. Uh, I really do want to watch my son play, but I actually had, had a lot of joy last weekend uh, watching Asante play and um, watching the Twins and Tyreek play. And um, a lot of, um, I was at peace with what, with, with what I'm doing with basketball. Um, I'm done, but I don't, I don't mind um, teaching the game. Um, we have some seventh graders here who are amazing, and they kind of got, I feel like a vampire when I tasted blood watching them play because um, they're talented as well. So I may just do some skill work with them. But other than that, no, I'm done. How'd you get into coaching? By accident. Um, I came to New Mission and they needed a girls coach. Um, we were in the charter school. They were trying to get in the charter school league. The girls were awful. Um, and they needed some accountability. Some of the toughest kids in the school were the girls, and um, they needed them. They needed someone with a really tough approach. That was before I got there, obviously. <laughs> before Samir got there, right? Whatever. <laughs> shut up. Uh, <laughs> but um, so then I started coaching the girls. It was really hard, um, but I found success there. Um, I ended up getting a girl who turned into an All-American, um, ironically, um, and we took off from there. And made folks want to go to the school. If I didn't win state championship with the, if I didn't win a state championship, a charter championship, the two charters championships that they don't talk about, by the way, um, we won a cha the charter school championship twice. Before we moved on, I guess it's a big deal now. But um, before we moved on to the MIAA, we won charter school championships. Um, 
won that, and then we went into the MIAA only to be told that we weren't going to win any games, and next thing you know, we're in the state title game at the Garden. First encounter with Craig McCarthy, how was it? Everybody had to take it. You want to go first? First encounter, I didn't, he didn't know me coming in freshman year, so when I was playing JV, me and him, we were just kind of like quiet, like dap up, but when I moved up to sophomore year, I got to see what he really was like, like hold you accountable, clown you, toughen you up, things like that. It was just, it was just helpful at the end of the day. <clears throat> First encounter was when I walked through these doors, BCLA, he was waiting right there with me and my, like me and my brother walked in, he was waiting right there. I ain't know who the guy was at first. To be honest, like, cause I-, I Don't act stupid now. Don't, act, don't, don't play yourself, don't play yourself nah, nah, now. You nah. got Google. I did it, I did it, I did it. <laughs> I talked to him like over the phone and stuff like that. But like when we first got here, I didn't know like, like what he looked like. So man, when we got here, you know, and then I, I met him and he just had that straight face. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, it's gonna about be business. tough. Yeah, about business. And I was like, yeah, so I'm at the right place. First encounter with Corey. Um, I was at like a crossroads when I met him, like coming into high school. Like, I, was a, I was a bad kid growing up. So like Corey kind of told me the story about like college and all that, like things that I never thought about before. So uh, he told me that story and from that I, I listened to him for like the rest of my life. I still listen to him today, it's crazy. But he's always been like a mentor, a brother, a father figure. Tough. My first encounter with Corey was, what I can remember was sophomore year when he transitioned to be the head coach and I didn't want shit to do with him. I didn't want to listen to him, <laughs> anything he said. And I think it was, looking back now that I'm older, I think I was a little arrogant because I knew no one, like there was no one else on the team that could take my spot. So it was like, Corey's talking, all right, like, I don't care what you're saying, like who you gonna put in? The girls coach? <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I, used, that's like, what I looked at him and I was like, he was a girls coach, like. Come on, like, <laughs> I was about like, to be like, like, <laughs> like what's he going to know? And like, I ain't going to front. After junior, my junior year going in, like, I realized that he really cared about this. Like, he was invested, and there was someone that talked to me on Coach Hill. And he just, like, just being invested, clearly, like, really cares. Like, stop listening to the outsiders. And that was one of the things that me being young and immature was I was letting outside people affect the way I thought, like, Corey could coach. Like, he would say something that probably was dead right can't coach like your girls coach and that family loyalty and disciplined character that was like when he instilled that into us it, it really brought like a brotherhood and really appreciate that my first encounter with Corey I'm like I hate this dude I hate like always yelling but he did it for like a reason he knew he knew ways to get to me and he would keep like pushing it like yelling it like over 10, like now, I walk in over 12, like, yeah. Second half, over 12. <laughs> I jinxed you though, because I tweeted, like, I was like, yeah, 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 D1, D1. Then you go over 12 and embarrass my tweet. <laughs> See, like that, but he knew, like, how to get to me and what made me, like, be better as a player and also as a student athlete. When I first met Ty, Ty was supposed to Notice go get I didn't, I didn't ask him. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, because they ain't going to get me. And I ain't going to get them. See what y'all did. Ty was supposed to go to Eastie. And he was so mad that he had to come here. And I was like, yo, I'm going to have to deal with this dude, man. Like, And then the funny story about Ty is that right before the state, the state tournament, I was telling the story the other day, I kicked him. I was about to kick him off the team. 
the entire school, like one by one, had a different story as to why he should stay on the team. Like, yo, man, you know Ty's doing better in school. Now, you know he's not that bad of a kid, all right? And I know he's about to say something stupid, but you don't get to talk yet. So, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, yeah, that was my first encounter. He was supposed, the kid was supposed to go to Eastie, and he was sort of like, he was very much, very similar to Darius in terms of, you know, uh, whether or not, you know, if they, if he should have some a belief level in me or not. So eventually he bought in, just like Darius did. And, you know, I bought into them, so it was just, that's just how it worked. Um, the Twins, I always knew about those guys. Um, and the reason I knew about it, because I used to watch middle school basketball, and um, one of them was so soft, he got a concussion. Whenever it mattered, he got hurt. Um, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm talking about, but the, maybe the one who went 12 at UMass Low the other day. But, you know, whenever it mattered, he got hurt. But, but you know, um, you know, but they were, they was, it was a different, it was definitely a different style of coaching that I had to do. Um, it brought out the, uh, it made me a better coach because I had to change my style. Um, Samir, uh, I always packaged Samir and Darius because they was, I always felt like there was a package deal. Um, they're still best friends to this day. Um, but I met these guys, you know, Samir. Um, everybody told me before I met Samir that I shouldn't have, you know, he's not a kid that you should invest in. Um, he was outside of Reggie Lewis one day, and somebody said they saw him try to get at somebody in the in a very um, hood kind of way. And um, you know, and, and Darius was the kid that, you know, I think honestly, I think that people didn't think he was going to turn out to be the way he, was, he is right now. They thought they probably thought he's going to be somewhere. Um, making computers or something like that. Um, you know, he, he wasn't that tall. He was super skinny. He was probably 98 pounds. <laughs> but, but he could hit a jump shot and play defense. And he, under, and he always knew every play. And even if he knew the play, and he, he would just mess with you and be like, nah, that's not it. Nah, that's not it. So, um, yeah, that's how I met these guys, even though you didn't ask me. I know Ty want to say something. I was just about to say, I got him two of them rings. Just saying. <laughs> and that was my next question. So everybody's sitting here. Don't ask about the team. One team. Oh, yeah. the, one team was the best team. Everybody, uh, Does everybody have a ring here at the table? Yes. I got two. Everybody got two. I got two. Hey, how many city championships? We don't have to talk about teams. We don't have to talk about rings. We can talk about individuals. It's not the there's no debate. We can talk about individuals. Who's there is a debate. You can't hold me. You can't hold me. You can't hold me. You can't hold me. You're old. You're washed up. It's old. Let's be honest with ourselves. Y'all think y'all best team could have beat our best team. Yes. 18-8 in the States. Just saying. Y'all best team could have beat our best team. Y'all are not freshman team. Hey, what was y'all record? I'm not arguing. <laughs> what was your record? What was no. your record? I'm not. Yeah, the record had nothing to do with it. I'm talking that? about the skills. Three and two? Hey, we did that the twice. The year we were 24 and one, because the one game and that one game didn't count because the Madison game was didn't count on our record. Um, I ain't gonna talk about that Madison game because we got played. Um, <clears throat> but you know, um, that game didn't count, so technically we didn't lose that year. Matter of fact, yeah, I don't even think y'all so this is why we're better, right? So when they when they got to New Mission, New Mission was already good. So wait, 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 wait. so wait, wait, wait. So you yeah. built So wait, time out, time out. So you built the gym. We you built two. this. Yeah, we built. <laughs> why? Just us two. Why, why do they have not this? Just us two. They got this because of us. 
So what this, is, this is, is the blueprint right here. This is the blueprint. Oh, oh, hell no. So y'all ain't gonna show homage. So, come on. No. Nah, I show homage. Not got here. They don't. They don't know what it's like. They never experienced what it's like to lose. We lost by 80 points. What? We can't relate. Yo, we lost by 80. Like, so we know what it's like to lose, and then we know what it's like to win. Y'all, y'all never had that experience. Y'all got here. We was already winning. For the record, for the record, um, I think to go back, I think we really the winning culture really started with um, with the girls team with Brittany when she was on the cover of the Globe in a full length picture, and then the boys culture changed when these dudes started rocking out and nobody knew what who the school was, and um, like we beat teams. We had no business being. Like, do y'all know what we did around the country? And you know who I am. Do you know, know what we did? Nah, they know what we did. To go off by saying that, who was, what was the toughest game that you ever had to face? Starting with their era. Mm -hmm. With their era. Yeah. I bet. Toughest game. I think it was uh, our, our sophomore year at Winthrop. Was, was that the year? The toughest game? Did we win? Nah, we lost. Oh, was that? That was my freshman year. Nah. That was our freshman year. I wasn't, I wasn't so, the coach. No, what year was that? It was that? freshman year. It was freshman year. Oh, man. Going down to Winthrop, that was like the most uh, racist right. atmosphere uh, I've ever played. And like, I never felt so cheated in my life. Mm. I think we were up 20 and a half. <laughs> they came all the way back and beat us. I got teched out at the end of the game. I didn't want to shake hands. I didn't want nothing to do with nobody after that. I think the toughest game for us as a collective group would be our senior year at the Garden. When that team went triangle and two against us two, we didn't really, we never seen it, and we didn't really know what to do. And everybody, like as a collective unit, everyone else stepped up when we were down. Like we weren't scoring. I probably had two points. I don't know how much, I had two, I'd actually know I had two points. I had a mid-range at the end of the game. And, and I think that the team and the guys like buying in and just understanding the concept of what we wanted to do, really helped us get over the hump and I think there was a lot of pressure on us like we already won the year before we was division four we jumped up to division two and we're at the garden and everybody expected us to to win so I think that was the toughest game honestly I don't think people really give these kids enough credit for jumping from division four yeah, exactly. to division two and um, I think it's a hard thing to do and uh, I remember people were saying I was crazy and we had, I went behind everybody's back and did it and nobody really believed it until the schedule came out. It was a really difficult thing to do because we were playing Division Four teams. And we had beaten a Winthrop team that had two scholarship players. Mm -hmm. A guy from Winthrop ended, ended up leading the country in assists. So maybe we thought that was our level, but there was a desire for more with these guys. I felt like I wouldn't have done enough justice by these guys if I didn't move them up. You know, and we got blocked from D1, but that's another story. Go ahead, fellas. Tough as game you. They confused now. They ain't got nothing to talk about. Yeah. Look, Cause we, we went to Florida and we played some guys that, you know, some high prospect guys, you know. Who? Like Oh, Vernon Carey like, Jr., ooh, number one in his class. We put like ooh, class of 2019. Where's he at? <laughs> he's he about to go to any school in the Yo, country. Right? He's about to go Where's he at? Where's he going? He's he a couple of these guys. Like what is he like? He's a, uncommitted. A he's a sophomore junior right now. Where is he going? Wherever he wants. 
Seventeen, what you mean? That's what he does. Man, ask Andre Drummond about us. Ask Chris Dunn. Ask Carl what? Towns about us. Carl <laughs> 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 Anthony uh, Towns had his way with y'all. I was there. I seen you it. Mean, okay. He had his way with y'all. Was y'all on the team or Kyle Anderson? Oh my God. He torched y'all. I would, I, would, I would like to make a public apology for the St. Anthony's game. What? And the, the reason they got out of hand is because two kids came to practice late with a plate of food. That was It's a shoot around. And I didn't play my best player that night, um, Greg Bridges. And uh, I didn't play Nate Anderson, who would have helped inside. Um, and not having those two, I mean, it was well documented that Nate, I mean, that Puda was really good because. The folks were saying, yo, man, that's why your best player is a freshman before the game. So um, not playing those guys was a huge mistake on my part. Not, but as far as playing the, the, the talent level, I mean, Vernon Carey is one of the best players in the country. Um, he is seven feet. His, his, the number three player in the country is a Serbian kid that was on his team. And we were, we were literally beating that team. We were beating that team, and we lost at the buzzer. Um, but slap, yeah, slap we played ball. a lot of, and we played a lot of with Samarino. We we played a lot of a lot of tough teams as well. We played Bishop Hendrickson at their best. Uh, we played a ton of teams. We played St. Mary's out of New York. We were we were playing teams out of state, and now I guess that's the common theme around here now. Ironically, we started the trend. <laughs> so who's the who's the toughest player that each of you had to face, and if you could face him again right now? What would you do different? All right, with that question, high, like, does it have to be high school nah, basketball? Nah, any level. AAU? Any level that you ran into this player. College, AAU, high school, man. Even um, somebody from up the street. <laughs> Shabazz Napier, Michael Carter Williams, Nerlens Noel, Pat Connaughton, like Trey Burke. Yeah. Should I keep going? Like, it was Baz and Trey Burke. Those, those two, Trey, Baz and Trey Burke. Were you able to compete against Baz and Trey Burke? Yeah, they compete, but they didn't just, blow us out. You compete, but they just was on it. We you won the Trey Burke game. We beat the Trey. We, we, we beat Trey Burke, but you could tell how like he was just on a different level. He came. <laughs> in the, he came in the second half and had thirty on him. In the second half, we won by thirty though. We, we won end, the we game. We ended their program. We won the game. We ended their program. But he came in the second half and had thirty. He did. Yeah. I had about I had about thirty. Yeah. I don't want to say none of us. It's cool. That's no, but he did, he did what he wanted to do. Y'all, who's the toughest player you ever had to go up against? Me. It was a. I never. It was too easy. <laughs> uh, I'll say an AAU, uh, a playoff, New Heights, the point guard. Yes. From New Heights, know. it was like when I was a junior. It was crazy. Force him sideline, he dribbles at you. I ain't know what to do. So you working me. Where he at? He in the league? Uh, no, he's at, uh, I believe he's at, you know what I'm saying? I believe he's at Florida State. You know what I'm saying? Florida State, that's good enough, B. You know Yo, I don't think I can ever say I got work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Work. He's never going to say he got work. You ain't never going to say he got work. You ain't never going to say he got work. Shoot. Me in practice. <coughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> made, him, oh. made him fall today, too, by the way. He didn't make me fall. That's, that's strapped up shorty right here. Um, I mean, oh, I, I played know. against a tough guy. Uh, well, tough guys. I played a bunch, of, a bunch of tough guys. I mean, playing on the EYBL circuit, you know, it's a different environment. And, you know, 
I had to adjust my game. So, yo, the toughest person, I'm gonna give it to Trey Man. That um, from the villages in Florida, had thirty something. He actually had twenty four, and he switched <laughs> off the Darren. Like he was switching <laughs> off the Darren in the pick and roll. He actually scored three times on you. If you fought through the screen like a man, you would have he would have you would have stayed on him, and he wouldn't have had twenty. He didn't want no smoke. How was it? It was a screen, and Darren. You should have just pushed the guy up, follow the guy, run over the guy, run over the guy. It's my guy. No, no. He scored three buckets. It's my guy. I mean, that guy is tough though. I think you can tell the difference between the answers. Like they're soft. We're soft. They're a whole different generation. We're soft. It's a different game. We can set up a game. It's definitely a different ball We came. We can set up a game. Before games, they be scared. Oh, we blew up against the Twins and Todd. Game over. We up 20 over. Let me ask y'all a question. Hold on. You saw what New Mission was looking like. Time out. Time out. Corey, Corey, can't no one answer this question but Corey. Freshman year. Who was the better team? Who was not going to answer? Who was not going to answer? Who was the best championship team you ever coached? Mm. He's not going to answer. Mm. Us. Us. The dogs. Oh. With us. Gorilla. You got a, 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 a couple titles under your belt. Girl. Dogs. Gorilla. He's going to say the girls. It's them girls. You got to do some research. But we're talking about specific boys. We're talking about boys. Because the toughest team I ever coached was the girls team. Cause they all was rocking sleeved, all sleeved, full sleeve ta arm tattoos, <laughs> tattoos in the neck, tattoos behind the ear, you know, trying to fight everybody, threatening pregnant coaches, everything. Um, um, I don't know. They were tough for different reasons, and it was it was literally two different eras. Um, you know, it's it's hard, but I think you have to go with the 2010 team uh, only because you had a damn near seven footer. You had a you had scholarship guys galore. And size, and they had a team, and we were, and they were feared. These guys had to be respected because of their size. But they were, they were a tough team to fear. Like Samir would do some ridiculous things in games because he was still a little boy at the time. You know, one time cheerleaders was warming up during a halftime show. He want walk right through them. Um, then he would try to intimidate people. You know, Charles. They used to call him the, the prisoner because he used to have the pootie tang here and you know and Usman's a was a six nine goofball but like a he looked intimidating so he started talking you know and then Oz you know everybody knew the Oz story coming straight back from Florida and hold on Corey. You know, hold on which one of y'all would have checked Oz who's Oz checking I'm checking anybody. Which one of y'all would have held Oz? They, they think it's funny. They think it's a joke. Like I'm being <laughs> serious. It is a joke. <laughs> Who's checking us? Oh, y'all understand. Oz is a different level. Why you say they so, better than me? Oz is a different level. <laughs> Quick question. Y'all ain't got no shooters on that team. When y'all picked up the basketball, and you know when you're in high school, you thinking basketballs probably gonna get me girls, probably gonna get me a pass. Out to stay late. If I was gonna get me to travel, do X, Y, Z. Life after basketball. <clears throat> Did y'all think that college would be that next step when you came into high school? That you were playing college basketball? No, I didn't know nothing about college until Corey mentioned. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about college basketball or nothing. Like college wasn't an option because couldn't afford it. I didn't know nothing about college. I knew the guys from, uh, from the projects, well, Blaylock, Tony Lee, and those guys, they went to college, but I didn't know too much about college until Corey like, introduced it to me and like, let me know, like, hey, 
You can go through basketball, you can go through your academics, and that's when it was introduced to me. I, I could care less about college when I got to high school. High school, I knew a, a little bit about college, but I ain't. If it wasn't for like Corey bringing us to like watch former players play and stuff, like when we went to Tide to watch Tide, see how it was different. And then he told us like this is what's gonna happen once you leave here. Then that's when I got a, like a better understanding. Did you expect college basketball after high school? Uh, I well growing up, not growing up, but coming into high school, I died like mentally like I wasn't. I didn't care about school, like I just wanted to play ball, so I like I expected that like somebody would take me, but if they didn't, it wasn't gonna like bother me. But like now today, I'm kinda glad that I'm in college. It's helped me it's helped me a lot. What's the craziest thing that ever happened in practice? Like it doesn't even have to be a Corey, because I know you guys have stories for days with Corey probably throwing you out in the cold. But what's the <laughs> But what's, what's the craziest thing that ever happened in practice? Like I've I've sat through one of the practices. I've seen that that drill that Corey does where you gotta fight for the ball and dudes be knocking each other into the bleachers. I just wanna know what's the craziest thing that ever happened in practice. Like who walked away with a black eye? Yo, Pito. Pito. the craziest Pito got you probably gonna say the craziest thing Corey ever did is have his practice outside in the snow. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like, what are you doing yeah, in the was, snow? Yeah, it was a brick house. Wait, 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 that's it? I need to hear what happened. We, we couldn't get the Tobin. We used to practice the Tobin, but we didn't have a gym. So we couldn't get the Tobin. We had to pre prepare for our game the next day, so he was like, all right, we're going to practice outside for 30 minutes. <laughs> yo, we was out there for like a little over an hour. Yo, it was brick. It was brick. That was like, it was, it was cool though, because like... It really brought us together. Yeah, it brought us together. Like, and as surprising as it is, like as cold as it was, we was all out there going hard. And having fun. And I don't think there's not a lot of people that can get a bunch of teenagers to do that. Well, Corey got us. You know what's so funny? The only reason they was practicing outside, because literally, no, every, I don't. I think people thought we were a joke because we were in the state tournament, and um, I was like, "Damn, we about to go play Winthrop," and Winthrop, our nemesis, are no, you know what I'm saying? And they're ranked in the state, we're ranked in the state, and I had no way to practice, so I was like, "Yo, pile up in the car, let's go." And um, <laughs> everybody know what that means when they be yeah, pile up in the car, um, and we and we practiced, and um, you know. Yeah, that was that was pretty. That was pretty dumb because I don't think you. Nah, nah. No, the funny thing is, like, I remember before the next game, like we're like about to do my pregame talk, and I hear a bunch of <laughs> a lot of inhaling. I'm like, oh man. You know, Corey, you know, being controversial in terms of um, always having a voice and not holding back. Um, your own voice, um, but some people take it for you to be uh, stubborn. Um, how do you feel in terms of uh, finding out that you know throughout your tenure as a coach that numerous attempts to, people try to, to backstab me, people try to backstab you, <laughs> try to get hijack, you fired, hijack the program, bunch of clowns. <laughs> um, how do yeah. you feel about that? Um, Recruitment that wasn't, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I think most people, what most people don't know is in Boston Public Schools, you're actually allowed to talk to eighth graders because you actually have to get kids to pick your school, right? So um, every coach in Boston has talked to every kid and every, every kid with talent. You see what I'm saying? So with that being said, um, you know, they felt like I was doing something better than what they were doing. Um, I was able um, to, to really um, leverage um, having a good girls team. And I think some folks wanted to come here because, you know, it's, it, winning is contagious and people want to be in winning situations. Um, did dudes try to get me fired? Yeah, I know exactly who it was. I know that there was a time where dudes were reporting, trying to report me and trying to send me, get me fired for sending black kids in the city of Boston to college. It's just the most ignorant, counterproductive thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I mean, I had lawyers at my practice. Um, I had lawyers calling my players, my former players, like men in suits getting paid to investigate a male of color who is promoting college placement, promoting agency amongst kids. So um, it actually became comical after a while. It actually hurt the program um, that year because I really, I was on some revenge type stuff. You know, I was, t I was teaching dudes to hard foul. I was, you know, I was sort of disrespectful to referees. Um, I'm actually always disrespectful to referees, but I was always. even more disrespectful to referees. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough, but you know, we came out on top and I, I, I like where we are and I like the controversy. It's, I welcome that. It, going against the grain is just my thing. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up that question because <clears throat> while we were here, like there was a lot of talk about recruitment and like after we graduated when we was in college, people were saying he was recruiting, but the worst part about that is there's no chance of him recruiting anyone because he was the girls coach when we got here. Like that 2010 team is the big is the team that everyone thinks he recruited. I can go down the line for all the like the star guys. Like me, I want to go to East Boston, but my grandmother told me there's no way you're going there. It's too far. Then I want to go to Madison, but my family was like, Nah, you're not going there. So I was like, All right, New Mexico last resort. I walk up the street. Samir wasn't even supposed to go here. He was going to a preparatory school that fell through. He came here on the back end. No one knew who Usman was. He didn't stop playing to the sophomore year, and I watched Samir dunk on him. His freshman year, like, dunk on him, and he's 6'10". Charles, no one was recruiting Charles. No one knew who Kachi was. No one can even tell you what middle school he went to. So, like, the whole recruiting thing is crazy. Osmel went here, left, went to um, Florida, and then came back. So, he like, went here when we sucked. Yeah, so, like, the whole recruiting thing is crazy. <laughs> like, it's wild. How about you, Samir? What you got to say about, you know, um, being recruited and how the, the, the championship team that, that you played on was assembled, um, not by the book. So when, when Corey told me he was getting investigated, I didn't really believe him. Um, but one day I was in my dorm room and I had this guy call me and asked me a whole bunch of questions about Corey and, <laughs> and his recruiting me or whatever. But it's funny because I, I never met Corey until I interviewed to go to New Mission because uh, I wasn't even supposed to come here. Um, but yeah, that's funny, because uh, <laughs> even if he did recruit us, which he didn't, they don't talk about like <laughs> the times when we was losing by like 80 points or whatever like that. They nope. wasn't really paying attention until we, till we started winning. 
So that's how I found it. It's, just, it's crazy what people do to, to try to take away from your success. And the worst part about it is, take out the whole basketball aspect to it. Like, he was putting kids in, in college, like, like, putting kids in college for free. That's like helping them, setting them up to see a better life. And like, I can't believe whoever was doing it in the city, like, you should, you should feel ashamed of yourself for trying to take an African, African-American male out of um, young African-American kids in the city's lives. Like, that, that's awful to even be trying to do that. Like, take the whole basketball aspect away from it. If you want to, if you want to build your program, watch what Corey did. Like, Corey built it from ground up. Like, and the mission was nothing. The basketball team was getting killed. Wasn't, we didn't have no jerseys, nothing. Like, no one was coming to the games. So, like, if you, if you want to do something, duplicate it. I've, I've, I've watched other programs, seen the way they maneuver and stuff like that. Everything we've ever did was by the books. Everything. Everything. The only thing Corey did different, he spent a lot of time with us. We spent a lot of time together. That's why we seemed so together when we played. Facts. It really led to not really a lot of skill on my part. I just had to make sure they wouldn't kill each other. No, that's really, it's just really it. And we almost, we almost did that a good time. <laughs> you know, like I just, we had to have a format. And um, one time we was at the D house and, um, you know, people think I, people think I'm nuts, but like, I knew we were gonna be really good when a fight was about to break out and everybody was riding out. And I found myself at half court, like, yo, what am I gonna beat up some 18 year olds? But when I think about it, you, you got goddamn right. You know, like, if somebody would have swung on Darius or swung on Samir or something like that, dudes was getting knocked out. And I don't even care. Like, you, you'd have to put me under the gym. So, like, that's just how it is. They're my family, you know? And, they, you know, I, I know they feel the same way about me. Shaquan, one of my former players, you know, no one ever talks about. He's got a thousand points over the weekend. Like, you know, that, that stuff feels better than anything else, you know? They're going to their graduations and seeing um, these guys graduate from college right. is like the realest thing ever. Right. And for folks to really try to discredit that, how can you discredit the success? That's what everybody does, right? That's what 90% of the world does is try to discredit what black, what young black males do, right? And then for black males to join in, but I'll be clear, city coaches currently in Boston, city coaches not coaching in Boston right now, we're at the head of it. Headmasters in the city of Boston was at the head of the investigation. Principals, higher ups, all all of color was trying to take our program down. And all it did was make us stronger. But we ended up in this real nice gym off of what some kids did. So I, I didn't do anything, nobody did anything on, on the backs of on my back. It was all on the backs of the kids. And when you start do, having that sort of success, like the boys said, you, you should just try to duplicate it. I ain't mad. Like there was a time, there were dudes. I would go to other people's practices when we got eliminated before. And I'd be like, yo, listen, like, dudes could, dudes could, would hate on me publicly, but still call me for a play. <laughs> yo, what was that play you were using? I thought I couldn't coach, you know? Like, you know, and it's, it's tough. It's tough and, you know, we don't get any respect, you know, just like Jack O'Brien ain't getting no respect because he should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm looking at dudes in That's the NBS, whatever, the Coaches Association in Massachusetts, put dudes in, give dudes awards and referees, the referees, the eyeball thing gave out an award last year. I was a finalist with some other dude who never won anything. Mm. And I didn't win and the referees, and then one of the referees was like, yeah, man, they said it wasn't giving you that because the way you treated referees. I'm all about equity. If you start shaming, trying to shame my kids, I'm coming right back at you. So 
that's just how it, how it was for us and it became something that it always put a chip on our shoulder. You know, the whole recruitment thing, I don't care about that. I've been called worse things by better people. This is, it's just the, the measure of success that we have is, is really, it really has been unmatched. What they, people could say what they want, they be who, they did this with who, this team was great, blah, blah, blah. But our graduation rate from college, much less high school, go right ahead. Challenger is well documented. I said earlier we had 18 kids playing college ball right now. Actually, you're wrong. I was wrong. It's 21 right now. I'll tell you every school, every kid, <laughs> and uh, right now. It's funny. No, nobody else sees things through. So we played for Corey. He made sure he was good. We went to college. We went to college. He made sure he was good. Right. He's the only one from the city who ever came to our games. Everybody, the schedule was available. The only one from the city besides my family was Corey. Everybody knew I played for New Haven. Everyone knew when Darius was playing for Bentley and Charles was playing for Worcester and Kachi at St. Rose and Usman at Quinnipiac. And the only one who ever seen Took the those drives. Corey. So does, does the coaches in the city, um, how you say it's controversial in terms of how they backstabbing and how you see the way they run their programs. It's not the same way from what you experienced. Um, can can you say that that has to do with the reason why some kids don't finish out Boston public, oh, like don't oh, finish oh, out yeah. public school basketball and leave yeah. the it's like prep school or do you, or, or or don't or, go to college or, or don't go to college. Period. Uh, the, like the biggest thing with it to cut you off is like if a kid doesn't see like someone is invested in them or someone doesn't care. They're not gonna care. Like everyone at New Mission knows Corey cares. Like from the basketball team, the softball team, the football team, like whatever. A regular student is just going to school. Like everyone knows Corey cares. And like that, that's the big, the biggest thing here. We're like other places. I don't. I've never been to like another school, but just like from the outside looking in and just talking to guys that went to other places. Like no one, no one is invested the way Corey was invested. Like, and it's all for like. I think folks are just selfish, honestly. Like, if you know you got a scholarship player, right? You have to, you have to know the NCAA rules inside and out. You see what I'm saying? The clearinghouse must be discussed by the end of freshman year. They gotta have a NCAA number. There's folks who are scrambling to get kids qualified, and we changed our curriculum at our school to match the NCAA because we were pumping our athletes. So. Samir wouldn't have a problem qualifying. Darius never did. We never had an issue qualifying. The only person that we had an issue qualifying once was a girl, and that's because Brockton decided to give her a half a course for a year when she was at Brockton, and it messed her whole life up because folks aren't looking ahead because they don't have any high expectations for kids. With that being said, in terms of high expectations, I know Darius had stated the measurement of success is due to how many degrees were these student athletes able to obtain at the collegiate level? Not how many points they scored, but who was able to finish college out with a degree and able to come back home and have a job, be able to call themselves a provider. And then the next thing they were saying was like, oh, well, his kids only play D3 or D3. Amazing. Who I don't cares, even care. Man. I don't even, I know a lot of dudes that play D1 that went to the league for a couple years that sniffed the league and are walking around looking for jobs. Working a nine to five. Working a nine, working a nine to five. And I'm not knocking that, but 40 year plan versus an eight year, four year plan. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's just always going to be the, 
the case, right? Whether I'm coaching or not, I know, I already know who's gonna be doing well here, and I already know it just puts me that my new job puts me in a better position to help more kids. And that's just where we're at. And I'm perfectly content with my career. I know people wanna be like, oh yeah, you're coming back. Nah, I'm not. I know these dudes probably won't agree either, but like, no, nah, I'm not. I like, I still like see a play that I wanna steal, and I'm like, damn, who can I call to give this play to, you know? I, you know, and I hopefully folks are, you know, part of that being controversial, like I did all this winning, I don't get asked to speak, to speak at no camps. Nobody says, nobody will put me on their list for anything, you know? I get, I, I go places and folks are like, oh yeah, I remember you said that, you know, because I'm, what, because I'm able to talk about race? I'm able to talk about folks uh, connecting slavery to, to mod, um, athletics to mod, to mod, as modern day slavery? I mean, I go on and on, and I'm not gonna change. Now for Darius and Samir, do y'all feel as though from all the years that you've been under the um, coaching, mentoring, partnership, brotherhood of Corey that you too now have to follow suit and help kids along the way as you grow up? I know in terms of sometimes when you, it just, it just naturally rubs off. Like you feel as though somebody did it for me, now I gotta do it for somebody else. Even if it's just one. Corey may have done it for hundreds, but even if it's for even if it's just one, like it sort of just rubs off to the point where you see somebody struggling and it's just like they're already doing it. Uh, some we're we're sitting in the gym just now and a girl says to dad to these guys, hey, I see you guys pictures around here. You see what I'm saying? And it's not just her recognizing them; it's just a level of expectation. You know, somebody just the, the seventh graders, if they saw them now, they'd be like, yo, I need to be up there one day. Mm. You know, and you know, the achievement is all around us. The expectation is all around us. It's just, we fill up a room, you know? Even if it's two of us, we feel, we're filled with, this gym is full right now with their accomplishment and what, they, what they've done. And, and this is the accomplishment in itself. So how does that make you feel? That a bunch of kids who were probably in kindergarten in first grade know who you are when you was playing basketball? And now they're at the same high school you were at, looking at your pictures here, and they weren't even old enough to come to these games to watch you play. But now you see them, and now they're walking through these same hallways and being taught by the same teachers you were taught by. Like, how does it make you feel besides old? Like, how does it make, like, how does it make you feel in terms of Charlie and Charles sitting right here and when they were younger, around six, seven years old, they would go to the Croc Center and watch you guys play. But neither of you guys knew who, who the other was. But now you fast forward, they're in college and they came through the new mission system. It was like sort of a reverse because you guys, in terms of Samir and Darius, were watching them play wearing a new mission jersey. As to when they was younger, they was watching you play wearing a new mission jersey. Does it almost feel as though you are role models um, in terms of not per se that you took on the title, but just by wearing a new mission jersey, you just have to mold yourself to be a respectable young man because someone is watching because of the rich tradition that continues to build here. <laughs> that, honestly, it makes it make me feel good because it just makes me think like, Growing up in Mission Hill and just watching like 
Tony and Will play, and I used to always want to be like them too. Like, it was just amazing just to see like how good they were and just how respected and everyone loved them. And just we get that same love when we come back to New Mission, and it's amazing, honestly. Yeah, it's always good because they got they always have so many questions and like about my past experiences or whatever. And I'm just really like grateful that I have a chance to share what I've experienced. It's a great opportunity. Like and. I say it all the time, like in order to like to teach somebody, you gotta step into their world. And thinking back about Corey, like Corey really inserted himself into my life. Like <laughs> whatever I needed, anything he was there. And it wasn't just for me, it was for my teammates and it was for everybody around the school. So now that I have that opportunity to be that same person that he was for me, like it just makes it makes it so much easier. Like Everything I do, I do because he did it for me. And to see that I turned out this way after everything that I've been through growing up. And he's being humble because he just got yeah. a real nice award. <laughs> I was like, this dude got an award? Yo, it's the funniest thing yeah. ever. I was like, yo, and he got an award for, for working with some kids. This dude. Oh my so God, hilarious. Could you, if, if the new mission job, head coaching job, if they cleared out the whole coaching staff, uh, next year, right? And they said, we're looking for fresh, young faces. Could you two see yourselves standing on the sidelines, coaching? Hell, hell yeah. yeah. Without a doubt, for I'll sure. do it. And it will happen one I'll day. I'll do it. It'll happen one day. They, they just, you know, it's just, Malcolm ain't gonna be here forever, you already said it. Cause I, just holding. <laughs> I just see it, I just see it in terms of knowing the history. I think people buy into the program if somebody came through that program. You know, instead of sort of like somebody who didn't come from the program, they they can't necessarily teach you the history of the program. They can't tell you why these pictures are up here around the gym, why these numbers are hanging out. But I feel as though it's, like I said before, it's one of those things where it's like, you saw firsthand how great it was for Corey to do such a job that, you know, it got to motivate you to be like, man, you know what? I can do that too. I seen the blueprint. I, I, I may not be as loud as Corey. I'm not gonna wear Tim's in a hoodie on the sideline like Corey does. You know, he has a signature trademark. You know what I mean? But do you feel as though it's like, you know what? I think I can do that. If that job was to open up, I think we could change this program and sell out arenas. And they would have a good staff because um, they could just pull from their, 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 uh, their, their classmates or kids who came after them. You know what's really funny is that the Charlestown, the great Charlestown teams, the great English teams, the good teams of the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, they were on full public display. Everybody knew where everybody lived, everybody, everybody just, just so popular. You know, we were never popular. So folks never knew what really went on. Like we got stories for days, but it was quiet. It was a quiet thing and no one, no one really could tell you a lot of stories but the kids who were in here. Like mm -hmm. there was a lot of things that went down, you know what I'm saying? Like we have, you know, we, Taking the bus, bus breaking down. Yo, bus breaking down, like just yeah, in the many, middle like, of a brawl in Springfield. We were just Springfield a Burger King. Money got lumped up. It yo. was, it was just like in the middle of Springfield. In the in middle the hood. of Springfield, you know, just ready to wild out, you know, and and then we just brought potential NBA players into the city just because of our name, you know. Carl Towns came here. Christ the King came here. Saint Anthony's Saint came Anthony's, here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Year after year, we go to Florida. We took the city kids two years in a row to Florida to play against Nick Richards, some of the best 
players in the country. We played against uh, two top 25 teams last year. We beat one of them. You know, like, nobody knows that because I didn't run back and be like, hey, man, this team is great. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, as, as loud as I am and as arrogant as I may seem, that's not the attention I need. If the kids are, if I'm able to get the kids some attention, however, it'll be fine, you know? And people, if people really paid attention, those guys would have, their, their recruiting would have been skyrocketing. But at the same time, yeah, all man. it took was Samir's college coach to see him play once and be a rap. Some of these, some of these, uh, these high schools get way too much credit. Way too much credit. Okay. I think the reason why Corey ain't, like, doesn't get the credit he should is because once he was like the girls coach. So like everyone looks at him like he was the girls coach. Like he can't coach. And, and honestly, I, I used to look at him like that when he first got here until I got understood like what he wanted. Like Corey would never, the one thing I love about Corey that rubbed off to me to this day is he never talked about basketball. Basketball was like always second. He always talked about, yo, so what you trying, what you trying to go for school? What you trying to do? Like, you know, if you go to college, you get a degree, you can help your family out. And like, that's what always like stuck with me. And that's what I, I love that he done that. It was Basketball was second. It was always always about getting that degree. And like, when I talk to kids today, that's exactly what I say. I don't care how good you are. First thing I ask you is how school. Like when I would talk to Samir, Ooze, all the guys, I don't care about basketball. Yo, how's school? Yo, that's good. How's your grades? All right. We'll talk about basketball later. And that's like, that's one of the amazing things that like get overlooked about Corey. It's just like how much he cares and how much he sees the future rather than just like basketball. And we talk about basketball now, now that they're grown up. Yeah, <laughs> we can <laughs> talk argue, about it now. We, argue, right. we, we, we <laughs> argue all the time about basketball. And we check in, you know, every day. If I see something funny, these are the first dudes I'm telling. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I go to a group chat, I post them like, and we just start cracking up. And then, you know, I, I'm, and, you know, I want to, before you close out, man, I just want to really give a shout out to some of the kids who aren't here, like Oz, you know, what Facts. he's done for our program, Usman, what he's been through, um, a kid like Todd. Hold on, why you want Usman and Corey's ever, he put a professional in the league. Who else did that? I mean. In mm. his ever, if he's not a Hall of Famer, just give me another coach that did it. Uh, Shaquan Murray, you know, Asante, those guys, um, Bam. Um, Zeke, you know, obviously the twins. Um, a lot of good kids came through here, man, and just they just they didn't they, ne they didn't even ride a wave, man. They just they put up with a lot because I wasn't perfect, but you know they're they were they were the perfect kids for me, so it, it just worked out that way. Ten years from now, um, I'm gonna ask this question for everybody: Where do you want to see not just the Titans program itself, but on what type of stage would you like to see New Mission, the school, mm -hmm. and the program? Um, on what level would you like to see it grow? I want to see New Mission in 10 years of preparatory school. Definitely college prep. Yeah, I want to see them be a college prep. I want to see them, they, they own, they own the course to do it right now, and I just want to see them continue to just pump out kids to go to college. Like basketball and sports, that's always going to be there. That's always going to be good, but I just want to see New Mission continue to do what they're doing. That's pumping kids into college, getting degrees, and just making everyone see a bigger future, and that's like going to change. I feel like that's going to change the city. It's going to change the world, man. Change the world. Um, you know, right 10 years from now, we just got, actually, we just got another award. Only two schools in the state got this award. It's a Distinguished Title I Award, National Award, and it's crazy because of what, used to, what our school was like 10 years ago. And, um, you know, in 10 years, we just keep pushing ahead, you know. We, there's five, we feel like we're one of the better schools in the city of Boston because of our personalized education. 
and um, how kids get to be themselves all the time. So um, 10 years from now, I hope I wish New Mission well, but I probably won't be here because I'll have my own school. And that's my <laughs> own. And, that, and I want to fill the school with former New Mission guys, you know? I, want, I need to get an all-boys school. You know, and I want I'm gonna put young boys in blazers. I'm a, we're gonna go all over the country and visit schools. Um, we're gonna have public speaking. We're gonna build relationships and networks. They're gonna have jobs every summer. Um, they're gonna get they're gonna get multiple math courses by the time they get to high school. Senior year, they don't gotta do nothing but work and and and, and take dual enrollment. That way, that way, by the time they go to college, they'll be ahead of the game. And um, that's how you have the, the larger impact. That's how you fight poverty. And that's, that's been my number one purpose. Stay tuned, man, stay that's tuned. Tough. I feel like, and just, to, just to close it out, um, schools, like when you, for anyone that sees this, like don't take it as like Corey, me, Samir, like trying to take a shot. Like we're, 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 we're trying to talk about how good New Mission was and like, it's okay to duplicate like what we, like what Corey and New Mission has done here. Like invest, like you have to invest in the kids, like forget, about the sports like you have to invest you have to like understand who they are understand why they're the way they are like if there's something's going on like talk to the kid don't try to just say oh he's just acting like that and just brush it off like really invest 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 and like that's how you're going to build your school that's how you're going to build your school to be like how new mission is a level one school where they're they're pumping out kids going to college every year and yeah it's important that you invest in kids have to. because in basketball the greatest thing about basketball is if you are a teacher and you don't, or a parent who don't go to their kids' games, they're never going to understand them in, the, in your house. They're never going to understand them in your class. Most people, who, who you are as a basketball player is who you are in life. If you are some non-passing ball hog pig, there's, you, there's no way you can understand a, 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 a worldly concept of living as a citizen in this world. It just, you just won't. Um, but if you progress and turn into someone who is making the extra pass, not because you, the dude, the dude, you, you're confident in the dude scoring, you're just giving him that opportunity. He's talking about Samir. He's definitely talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, was? I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, there's like 15 other players I can say it like that. I can say it like that. Like, you know, because it, it, I mean, if I would have used Samir as an example, it used to be like, yo, he drop him. If he, He's like, yo, I, I would rather take the shot because I know I can get a better shot. Samir's favorite line is, I got you next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He wasn't open. <laughs> but when he started making passes, dude started playing a little hard for, harder for him, you know? And that's just how it, how it, how it is. And he didn't ha he didn't really have to pass. He, he would take good shots, but... You can say that again. He nah. really didn't have to pass. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was to the bucket the whole time. Now it's funny because if I play now, I'm trying to pass. <laughs> I'm trying to pass before I shoot. So. All right. This is evolution as a human being. See what I'm saying? It's just what it is. It's just his growth, you know, and um, all these guys, you know, like Darius is going to be the mayor one day, you know what I'm saying? So they're going to be a superintendent in a suburb, in a suburb, because <laughs> these city kids going to piss his ass off. <laughs> and I just want to be, I actually just want to be an old, a old, that old guy in the crowd, you know? I just want to be that old guy that tells stories and re reiterates stats. <laughs> It's just always there at every game. Mm -hmm. Talking about your chips. I'm going to game tomorrow. I'm going to game tomorrow. All right. That's crazy, <laughs> man. This is Darius, class of 2011, man. And I just want to sign up by saying everyone out there in the city, 
invest in the kids, man. Just show the kids you care and you wanna you wanna see them do good and they'll invest in you. Samir McDaniels, class of 2011. Signing out. FLDC. Always. Always. Corey McCarthy, um, the old basketball coach. Um, I'll let Google speak for itself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they don't like him. <laughs> uh.